Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I'm your host, DP Sidhu. Glad to have you with us. And uh, I know it's pretty much the smack dab middle of the off season, but it's not too late to start looking around the AFC South, which is what we'll do in a series of Deep Slant interviews. And this first one, we're going to kick it off with J.P. Shadrick. Uh, with the Jaguars radio network. If you've listened to my podcast, you know I interview JP at least twice a year, um, sometimes more in the off season. And uh, we chat at the combine and throughout the year because obviously these two teams, they play each other really, really well. And, you know, if you're watching what the Texans are doing, you're certainly also watching what's happening around the division. So I had a lot of questions for JP about the Jaguars off season. They made some big, big trades. Um, they got rid of a very big contracted quarterback in Nick Foles. Uh, we'll talk about their quarterback situation. We'll talk about their draft. We'll talk about what's going to happen with Yannick Ngakwe because everyone's sort of watching that situation. Uh, but first, Texans fans take the fastest internet to the house with Xfinity XFi. Stream the Texans all season long on every in-home device, no matter where you watch. This is beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi. Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans and proud partner of the Deep Slant Podcast. So let's not waste any time. Here he is, J.P. Shadrick. We talk everything Jaguars and he even gave me a little tour of his off-season road trip, which if you want to watch this, by the way, it'll be up on HoustonTexans.com. So just bear with me. I know it's a podcast. You'll just have to take a word for it. It's, it's pretty cool. So take a listen. All right, joining me today, my good friend, J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network. It's been a minute since I talked to you, J.P. How is your off-season going so far? It's pretty good, and I'm joining you today, D.P., from Vulcan Park in Birmingham, Alabama, overlooking the city of Birmingham, which I don't know if you can see behind me through those trees. oak trees. Somewhere down there is Birmingham, and uh, I'm at the base of the statue, so... There's Vulcan right there, the Roman god of the forge overlooking downtown Birmingham. So getting a little vacation in, DP, and uh, it's always great to join you no matter what location I'm standing in. I love that you decided to take uh, J.P. Shadrick on the road for the Deep Slant interview. You did tell me it started pouring down rain, like you had this all planned out. And I said, if that's not 2020 encapsulated, I don't know what is. Like you, you have all these great plans and then yeah. something else totally different happens. Yeah, nobody ever said nobody ever said I'm a meteorologist, but uh, I should have should have looked to the weather before I had this grand plan. But hey, that's part of it. And it it does kind of seem like what's going on these days. You have great plans, and then something else happens. And we're only halfway home, DP. We're only in June in 2020. We got a long way to go. I know it's half full or half empty. It's half over, but we got half to go. Uh, so I want to ask you about your offseason. I'm sure it looked very much like how ours did, trying to cover this team virtually through Zoom meetings. Um, in their virtual off-season program. But what can you tell us about the Jaguars, what you got to learn about this 2020 squad uh, this off-season? Well, uh, just listening to Doug Marone talk about it the other week at the end of the off-season program, I think he was very happy with how guys responded to all the adversity going on, uh, figuring out how to, how to use the online systems, uh, being in the meeting rooms. Yeah, you'd like to be on the field, but you can only do what you can in this situation. So I think the, there were no real glitches technically. Everything went as planned, I think, and they got everything in they wanted to get in. Now it's just a matter of uh, figuring out when they're going to get on the field. I think everything went as smooth as could be in the offseason program. Now, it's a young team, like we said, 30 rookies. It's, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there, but um, so far they've done everything they can do in this offseason to get those guys ready. 
Yeah, I definitely want to talk to you about those draft picks because it seemed like the Jags were picking. Every time I looked, they were on the clock. But first, uh, let's talk about the big question heading into this offseason. I think the biggest storyline for a lot of us looking at the Jaguars was going to be what happens with that quarterback situation. And they made their decision on Nick Foles. They traded him to Chicago for a fourth-round pick. What were your thoughts on that move? They're going forward with Gardner Minshew, but it seemed like at one point a lot of these veteran QBs that were out there in free agency were getting linked to the Jaguars. but they decide to stick with the second-year quarterback now. How does it feel over there in Jacksonville knowing that Minshew's going to be the guy now? Well, it was really a salary cap situation. you got to remember, too, they, they traded off Calais Campbell, big number, getting up there in age. A.J. Boye had a pretty big number. You guys know him well. Uh, they traded him off for a draft pick, and the biggest number of all was Nick Foles. And to, first off, get rid of the salary next year is huge, but to get a draft pick back was even bigger. Um, so you got rid of all those salaries and got three draft picks. That's pretty. It's a pretty nice move from Dave Caldwell, the general manager. But uh, to the quarterback talk, yeah, it's, it, that was the move that, hey, this is Gardner Minshew's team. Uh, they didn't draft a quarterback high in the draft this year. So it's, it's really Gardner's team this year. And he's going to have a chance this season to prove that he can be a franchise caliber quarterback, either for this team or, or moving ahead elsewhere. And if things don't go well, then, you know, then they can readjust and go to the draft next year and, and figure out the, the future plans moving ahead. But Gardner's the guy, and as you know, just seeing it from the outside, but we see it here in Jacksonville or here in Birmingham, um, they love Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. The fan base loves the guy. It's just a matter of what his ceiling is. Has he touched that yet? Uh, I don't think anybody knows. He's a confident guy. He does the, the work and, and is going to be ready to play and do things right, even in a new offense. Um, but what is the what is the ceiling for him? And I think that's the big question for the organization, and I think that's why he's the guy this year to figure it out and see what happens at the end of 2020. I mean, a lot's changed for this Jaguars team since that Week 2 matchup when they played the Texans last year. I mean, let's look at the cornerbacks. You mentioned A.J. Boye getting traded. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey is no longer with the team. Was that the biggest surprise of the headline, the biggest – uh, surprise trade-wise was the fact that they traded Boye to Denver, or was that sort of the writing on the wall at some point during the season? Yeah, I think just with the salary figures, Steepy, I think that was he was on he was on the short list. I think to go um, just because they they were in fact there was a moment they were above what would have been the salary cap in 2020 before the league year started. So those big numbers start over in the secondary basically, then they go in the draft and get C.J. Henderson out of Florida. Uh, to be a starting cornerback. Trey Herndon is a guy who's been around here for a couple of years who they like, who will probably start on the outside. And they have D.J. Hayden at the nickel spot. So that's the corner uh, position here. Um, they seem to like the safeties that they have for now. Uh, but, no, to answer your question, I, I wasn't surprised with the Boye move. You know, um, it seemed like just kind of a refresh, a reboot of sorts in the secondary here. Um, and you do that with a, a first-round draft pick, a top-ten draft pick, and C.J. Henderson, who they feel can come in pretty quickly and contribute at the outside corner spot. They made a lot of moves in free agency to make up for some of those big names that they lost with the salary cap situation. Out of those free agents, who do you think can come in and make an impact right away for the Jags? Give me a guy like uh, you know Rodney Gunter. You know He's not a huge name. Came from the Cardinals, defensive lineman, and over the last few years, the way the interior of this defensive line has changed around here with draft picks and trades and such, you need a little more um, beef in the interior of this defensive line. And, and he's not just a beef guy. He's going to get upfield and, and rush from the three technique. So 
a guy like him, that, I think that's a bigger pickup than a lot of people might realize right now. A veteran guy who's been in the league for a long time and has played at a pretty high level at that position. And considering all the, the, the names that are no longer here, you need a veteran presence, a guy who's been around, uh, to help some of those younger guys on the defensive line. So if I had to pick one, I'll take Dunter right now. All right, you mentioned the 12 draft picks. Uh, with all those trades come a lot of draft picks, and it seemed like the Jaguars had a lot of them here in 2020. They had a lot of needs heading into this draft. How do you think they did addressing them? Um, I know they hit a cornerback a couple of times in the draft. They got a quarterback late in the draft. But overall, when you look at how that draft shaped up for them, how do you think they addressed some of those needs, and, and who are you most excited to see out there? It was good. I, you know, they had two first-round picks, obviously. So they got Henderson first, who – a lot of people felt they could have taken a little later, but the Jags liked this guy so much they couldn't roll the dice and, and risk, you know, having to go down to 20 to get him. So they went ahead and got the cornerback. And then to have Caleb on chase on there with that second first round pick was absolutely huge for this team because he was another guy on that list they felt could have been drafted in the top 10. He kept falling and falling. And there were moments on draft night where, uh, you know, in hindsight, talking to the general manager and the, the brass, they, they might have made, made a move a couple of spots up to get him, but he fell the right way. So Chason's a guy, especially with the unique Ngakwe situation, a, a little up in the air still, a lot up in the air still. Um, you need another guy that can get to the quarterback on the outside and maybe play in coverage if they're going to play some 3-4 type of stuff this year. Uh, they're not going to be a, a, a straight 3-4 defense. They'll have some elements of that. But he's a guy that can go out in coverage, uh, you know, not way down the field, but do things an outside linebacker can do. If for some reason Ngakwe's not around, there's your guy. Caleb on Chason, I think, is probably the – it could be the most important draft pick of the 12 because he can come in right away. And he's going to have some rookie things that happen, but they feel like he can plug in especially with everything going on on the outside of the defensive line right now, put him with Josh Allen. And if for some reason Ngakwe and the Jags come to a deal, then you have all three of those guys on the field and Todd Wash, the defensive coordinator, is doing backflips. So give me Caleb on chase on. That's, I think, the most important draft pick the Jaguars had. You read my mind. I was actually going to ask you about Yannick Ngakwe coming up because that franchise tag deadline's coming up here on July 15th. It's been pretty quiet. It was uh, not so quiet early on with the, on Twitter with, with Ngakwe on, uh, you know, voicing his opinions about the Jags. But any idea which way this may shake out or how the Jags plan to handle it, especially in light of the fact that they're not meeting in person right now, makes it a lot harder to negotiate these sort of deals. And, and we don't really know what the training camp situation is going to be either. Right. And I, I think the it's really status quo from before. Nothing's truly changed. The Jaguars – um, back a few months back now, offered him a deal that the, the Jags felt was was right. He didn't like it and has voiced that displeasure, obviously, on Twitter a handful of times. That has calmed down a little bit. I, I think uh, – I would guess his camp is still trying to figure out uh, a trade somehow. I, I know the Jaguars don't want to trade him. They want him as part of this football team, and I think that goes to the top of the organization, especially considering what happened with the Jalen Ramsey situation last year. Ramsey – was very public in, in wanting out of Jacksonville. And then they found a deal somehow for two first round draft picks. Well, that lightning won't strike twice in my opinion. So they're going to do everything they can to keep him as a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it seems like he's entrenched and, you know, is he going to hold out and not play? 
maybe. I mean, that's him. He's one of the most prideful people in a good way that I've ever been around in sports. I mean, once he has his mindset on something, it's, it's hard for him to back away from that. So that's possible, unlikely, because we all need a paycheck these days, too. Um, but I think there are – I don't know if there are true negotiations going on, but I would – you know, the, the end game here is either a trade or he plays or he sits. Those are the three outcomes right now. And we're – it's as clear as the Birmingham sky behind me right now <laughs> is what's going to happen. Police sirens, clouds, rain, and all. Um, <laughs> right. I, that'll, definitely be, that'll definitely be one of the storylines we watch for the Jaguars heading into training camp. What about for yourself? Other, other big storylines, other, other players, other position groups that, that you're really curious to see how, as the Jaguars start their camp? Yeah, obviously the big story is quarterback. That's going to be the story of this um, – the quarterback will be the story of the season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If, if Gardner Minshew plays well, then the Jaguars have a chance to be a – pretty good football team if he doesn't then all bets are off because um, that's really what it comes down to on the offensive side new offense as well uh, you got DJ Chark out there right Jaguars wide receiver they added LaVisca Chenault in the draft this year second rounder out of Colorado who many felt could have been a first round talent had he not been injured earlier in his career how he jumps in will be interesting to see uh, they've added some tight end pieces here which Gosh, they've been looking for a tight end since Mercedes Lewis around here, and they've come up empty every single time in free agency. So can they figure out that position, I think, is a huge storyline for this team. The other one that I think a lot of fans around the Jaguars are, I don't know if, if upset is the right term for it, but concerned maybe, is the offensive line. The Jaguars really didn't make any big moves on the offensive line. They're keeping the guys that they rolled with at the end of last year, they drafted Ben Barch in the middle rounds out of Division Three St. John's in Minnesota. But, you know, and he'll play guard. But is he going to start there? Probably not. So if you look at it now, the, the starting five from last year are the starting five for this year going into training camp. And I think that's a little bit of concern for some Jags fans. But inside the building, they're confident that these guys can get done what they need to get done. Uh, defensively, you know, there's a lot of new faces, right? It's a, it's a big turnover from a couple of years ago where um, all of a sudden you had, you know, an AFC championship team and all those players, a lot of those guys are gone. I think there's two or three names still on that team. So change happens quickly. How do the new guys adjust this year into that? Um, they're going to add, as we said earlier, some 3-4 elements, maybe not a full 3-4 defense, probably not. So those are the question marks. For me, offensive line, can they get it done? because they're going to have to because they stuck with them. Uh, how does the defense look different, same, compared to the, the years past year? Um, a lot of questions. But number one is that quarterback. He's got to play well for all this other stuff to work. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting training camp. However, however we're able to cover it, whether we see them in person <laughs> or we see them via Zoom, um, a lot of questions that are left to be answered still. So, JP, thank you so much. Enjoy your stay in Birmingham. And it looks like the sun's coming out a little bit, too. So yeah, I'd like well, to think uh, that we've brightened your day a bit. Uh, you always do. I appreciate you having me on. And, um, yeah, I better take a picture of the sun. It's not going to last <laughs> long around here, unfortunately. But always great to be with you, DP. Appreciate J it. Thank you so much. JP Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network. Always a pleasure, JP. And we'll touch base during the season for sure. Sounds good.
Very insightful, as always, from J.P. Shadrick. And as far as Yannick Ngakwe goes, that deadline is July 15th for the Jaguars to re-sign him to a long-term deal. If the deadline passes without an extension, Ngakwe will have to play under the terms of the Jaguars' one-year non-exclusive franchise tag tender. Um, As of March 13th, when they slapped the tag on him, he had not signed it. That could change. And, uh, you know, he could also be traded. But it sounded like from what JP was saying, the Jaguars certainly hope that that's not the option that they're left with. They would like to keep Ngakwe on the roster for that defense. But hey, you know what? As a Texans fan, I wouldn't mind seeing him go somewhere else. I'm not going to lie. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. And uh, coming up in the next few weeks, I'll get my friends from the Colts and from the Titans as well. And we'll chat a little bit about what's going on with those other two AFC South foes. But for now, that's going to do it for our Deep Slant podcast. Be sure to check out HoustonTexans.com for all the latest stories as we head into training camp. What's going on with the team? What's going on with your favorite players? And of course, Texans All Access every night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, uh, Drew Doherty, and myself will bring you all the latest on your favorite NFL team. So with that, thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.